Welcome to the Antioch Austin podcast. Wherever you're listening from, we hope this message encourages you. For more information about Antioch Austin, please check our website at AntiochATX.com. Now here's Pastor J.D. Griffin. If you missed last week, I want to encourage you to take some time and go back into the archives, either on YouTube or on our podcast, and take a listen. We had a special guest in the building, Jimmy Seibert, the guy who oversees the entire Antioch movement um, and also was the guy who started Antioch Waco as well as Antioch Ministries International, which has had such a far and broad and wide impact on not just what's happening in America, but really around the world. And I just want to say that he is the real thing. And what God has put on his heart and really what he has built his life around is a simple message that it's just Jesus. And that's really what he gave us on Sunday, if you were here. It was just that, like, Jesus, and similar to what that song that we just sang, he's a way maker. He makes a way even when it feels like there isn't a way. And our simple just steps of obedience, we'll find ourselves in impossible situations encountering a God who moves in impossible ways. Amen? And what we're going to do this week is going to be really fun because what I want to do, if we can, is build on top of the series we closed out before Pastor Jimmy was here last week, which was our step series, right? Now, without going through a big review and kind of going through all these different, kind of walking about all the different sermon series that we did, I just want to briefly say that the steps are a path to spiritual growth, okay? So if you have a desire to grow in your life, my encouragement to you would be to lean in to these steps. And our steps are not destinations. They're not places that we just simply arrive at. They are principles that we continually lean in to, right? And so step one we talked about is encounter. Step two is belong. Step three is find a place to matter. Step four is grow. And step five is build. And we desire for all of you, not just some of you, but for all of you to feel like you have traction in your life, that you're moving forward in what God's called you to be. You're moving forward in freedom. You're moving forward in understanding who Jesus is and how he wants to move in your life and through your life. And that's really kind of why I want to build on top of the steps is because what we're going to be leaning into over the next couple of weeks, weeks is a series we're calling There Is More. And the reason why we're saying that is, is because we believe that Jesus is still moving today. That we are not talking about a historical figure that impacted the world then. We are addressing a living God who's impacting the world now. And the vessel of impact that Jesus has laid out for humanity since he ascended to heaven is the Holy Spirit. And so what we're going to be doing over the next couple of weeks is we're going to be diving into who is and what does the Holy Spirit do. Now, depending on your church background, depending on how you were raised, depending on kind of what you have heard, this idea of the Holy Spirit moving and living and being active in our daily lives can be concerning for some of you. It can be exciting for some of you. It can feel confusing for some of you. And 
our goal over the next couple of weeks is to do our best to allow the Bible to clarify and demystify who the Holy Spirit is. And if you're wondering, just right out the gate, okay, just so that we're not going to pull any surprises on you, no punches, okay, I want to tell you right off the bat, we believe in the power of God. At Antioch Community Church, we believe that Jesus is alive and well and moving through people by the power of the Holy Spirit. We believe that speaking in tongues is real and helpful. We believe that if a dead person was brought in here, that Jesus could raise them up. We believe that people could bust out a cast, that people that are in wheelchairs can stand up and walk, that cancer can fall off of people. Those are not stories for a few. They are stories for us all because the Holy Spirit has been given to us with power and authority. So just to set the record straight for everybody who's concerned and like, oh, wow, like, you know, what does this church believe? Is it just all about having cool signs and skinny jeans? No, we are about the Holy Spirit living and moving and breathing and bringing glory to Jesus and echoing the heart of the Father in every human soul in this city. And we believe around the world. Amen? So that's just foundation before we even get started on this There Is More series. Just want you to know we believe that the Holy Spirit is alive and well. We good? Let's pray. That was like the, pre, that was like the pregame sermon, right? It's like, it like the precursor. Lord, we thank you for what you want to do. And God, we are overwhelmed that we get to experience these moments together, and, and Lord, we don't take them lightly, and so we're asking that you would be who you are and, and do what you do, and Holy Spirit, we know you're already here, but Lord, we want a deeper understanding, a deeper revelation of who you are, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, the longer I live, the clearer it becomes that no matter what your gender is, your race, your upbringing, your economic status, there are really two types of people in the world. There are people who remember their dreams and people that don't. Now, how many of you remember your dreams? How many dream, I envy you. Like, I, I long for that. Like, I want that my wife remembers her dreams. And man, they are so crazy and so entertaining. And like, it's just so wild. And I'm like, wow. And do you hear these stories of people that have dreams that really bring revelation of, of who God is and what he wants to do in their life and maybe in others' lives? And I used to be like, oh, man, I want that because I can't remember anything except how many times I go to the bathroom in the night. And like, I, I could not remember a dream. And so, to, you know, maybe I'm actually having these, like, incredibly cool dreams of just this rad revelation of heaven. I just can't remember. I don't know. But there are two dreams that I do remember. And let me rephrase, two types of dreams. And as I've leaned into these two types of dreams, I've found that I don't think they're unique to me. How many of you have had one of those dreams where... You're sitting kind of like in a cafe or you're, you're, you're somewhere and you don't really know where you are, but it's a dream. So you, you know that you're where you're supposed to be, right? And, and have you noticed that no one has faces in dreams? 
you know, and so like you're, but you're surrounded by people and you get this sense, somebody's chasing me. And so all of a sudden you bolt out of your chair and you take off running only to find that you can only run in slow motion. Has this happened? Has anybody had this dream, right? Where like you take off and you're like, okay, I got to get out of here. Right, and it's so frustrating. And you're like, why can I not move? You know, like I've had dreams where it's like, oh, you just have this sense that you can fly. And so you take off flying and you're like, So, and, and, and I've had a couple where I'm in a fight, okay? Now, probably just, I'm probably rescuing somebody, just so you know, you know, because I'm a lover. I'm not a fighter. And, and don't let the bald heads fool you, but that was supposed to be a joke. <laughs> and I'm in a fight with somebody, and it's like I feel myself like rearing back with everything that I have to slug this faceless enemy in my dream. And I go and I deliver this huge blow and I like see my fist and it's like, bink. Like, have you felt the frustration of slow motion in your dreams? It's like, honestly, I think that that can hit a little bit closer to home than we would like it to. That you take off, like you, you feel this need, like I got to move, I got to advance, I need to leave, I need to get free, I need to take some ground. And you, you take off and it feels like not a sprint, it feels like. And you get frustrated by slow motion. You know, there are few things, no matter the circumstances, no matter what is surrounding it, no matter the reason, that are harder to walk through than the areas in our life where we feel powerless. We can't move out of it fast enough. We can't escape. We're not strong enough. When you feel like your back is against the wall, when we're, when we're looking at situations and we get that sinking feeling of lack, that we, we don't have the resources, we, we don't have the influence, we don't have the authority. All we can do is just endure, try to survive what we are going through. Powerlessness leads to hopelessness. Am I talking to anybody? You know, a couple of weeks ago, Liz and I were visiting some friends of ours who live on a ranch outside of Bernie. It sounds like a, a fictional horror story that I'm getting ready to tell, right? They were on a ranch outside of Bernie, right? Well, we're on this ranch outside of Bernie, and it's time for us to leave. And so we get in our Suburban, okay, our old trusty Suburban with over 200,000 miles on it, going strong, and we're driving out of the driveway. And as we kind of turn the corner onto the farm road that's in front of their house, everything starts to freak out. The windshield wipers just start going off. Like, has this happened to you? Blinkers going, windows going up and down. You start wondering, did somebody demon possess my car? Like, what is happening? So I'm just trying to get the windows up because we're in the country, right? And I'm like, if this thing is about to stall and die in the middle of the country, at least I want the windows up. And so we are, I'm like, kids, grab a trigger, you know, and everybody's just like holding it up. And the windows are like, you know, and the car like starts to spit and sputter. 
And we kind of make this U-turn and we find our way back to their driveway and the car just stalls, just dies, just smooth. Isn't it amazing? Like all of the power, all the engineering, all the design, all the capability of that Suburban rendered powerless when the power source is taken away. It just stalled. It stopped. The power source was pulled away from it, and it didn't matter what it was created to do, how it was created to function. When that Suburban was not able to access the power, then it did not matter what it was designed to do. It just stalled where it was. You got an area in your life that feels like it just stalled where it is? I, w- I wish there was just a couple honest people in church this morning that would acknowledge the fact that not every area of your life is winning. So I'm going to ask you again. It, did anybody feel like there's some areas in your life that just kind of have stalled where they are? Well, you're just going like, man, how come I can't just make it past this? How come I can't get further than this? How come it seems like when I get to the same point, every time I just keep running into this wall, this invisible barrier of growth? Like, what is it? What's going on? I feel like I'm powerless here. I don't feel like I have the influence I need to influence where my culture of the company that I work in is going. I don't feel like I have the authority to make the decisions that, that are going to help shape the direction of where we're going. Like, I, I lit, I'm powerless. There's nothing that I can do. And that powerlessness will leave us feeling hopeless. You know, those areas in our life where we feel like we have potential, but no traction, but that desire for action, but all we see is slow motion. Desire to move, desire to take ground, but, but we can't seem to get it going. Well, I've got good news. There is more. There is more. Acts 1.8, Jesus tells us that we will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. That, that word power is a pregnant word in the Greek. That word power that we will receive when the Holy Spirit comes on us, it means ability. It means miracles. It means supernatural authority. But but here's what's real. Oftentimes, like my suburban, We are rendered powerless, not because we cannot make it through the challenges that we're facing, not because we have not been made for the very moments that we find ourselves in. No, we do not access the power source we have been given, and therefore we live in the frustration of slow motion. It's not that you don't have in you what you need to see God move through you. It's not that God has not made you to be able to stand up underneath the challenges and the circumstances 
that are in front of you, sometimes, oftentimes, dare I say, every time we are rendered powerless when we don't access the power, the ability, the miracles, the supernatural authority that the Holy Spirit has given us that Jesus has made a way for us to access. We have a power source that we can access that will be our advocate, be our help, be the one who fights for us that will bring us breakthrough in the areas in our lives where we feel like we're stuck. Jesus begins to do some very cool things in John 14 through John 16. And and we're going to be bouncing in and out of these chapters because what Jesus is doing to his disciples and really in turn to us is he's introducing them to who the Holy Spirit is. And this is interesting because up to this point, this idea of the Holy Spirit had not been talked about by Jesus. And this level of clarity, this type of teaching about this is what the Holy Spirit is, this is kind of the entry point for the disciples into understanding what the reality of life is going to be like whenever he's Gone. Remember, we talked about there's nothing like feeling powerless. Powerlessness leads to the sense of hopelessness. And oftentimes we feel powerless in the areas of our life where we feel alone. When you feel like you're by yourself, that nobody's got your back, nobody's there to help you, you don't have someone fighting for you. And what's beginning to happen here in John 14 is Jesus is beginning to tell his disciples in more detail. He's pulling back the curtain on his purpose and their destiny and letting them in on the fact that he is going to be leaving them. But although he will be gone, they will not be alone. And this is what Jesus says to them in John 14. It says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Look, I'm not going to preach about that, but that sentence will preach. Look, somebody this morning even needs to hear, don't let your heart be troubled. Don't listen to the trouble. Ooh, that's a, go ahead, you can tweet that. That's a tweetable. (laughs) You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you will also be where I am. Now listen to verse four. This is a great sentence by Jesus, a Yoda moment. You know the way to the place where I'm going. <laughs> that is an awesome sentence, right? Jesus is like, look, don't fear. Don't, don't, don't stress out. All right, look, you know heaven's coming. I'm going there. You're not. We've talked about this, okay? Like, it's all good. Don't worry about it. Look, I even said I'm going to prepare a place for you. You're going to be with me. And by the way, you know how to get there. And his disciples are like, <laughs> Uh, I'm not actually sure, right? Stephen goes, uh, how can we know the way? How can we know the way? And Jesus says, you do, I'm the way. In verse six, he goes, 
You do know the way. I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now put yourself out of your full understanding of the New Testament mind for a minute if you're old in church. If you're new in church, you're experiencing this the same way that the disciples were experiencing it. Jesus said, hey, I'm going to go to the kingdom of heaven. I'm going to heaven, my father's house. It's amazing. It's beautiful. And there's space for you. I can't wait for you to be there with me. It's going to be rad. And don't worry, you know how to get there. So I'll see you there. His disciples are like, yo, actually have no idea how to get there. I don't know how to get there. Can you tell us how to get there? He's like, yeah, you do, you do know how to get there because you know me and I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. Can you imagine their faces? They're like, you're the way? <laughs> so how to get to your father's house is like you, but you said you're leaving. So, like, if you're the way, are we there? It's like my kids on a road trip. Are we there yet? Like, what does this mean? Like, what is Jesus trying to get his disciples and us to understand? Why would he use this wordplay where he's, like, walking them through this progression of, like, there's a kingdom in heaven. I'm preparing a place for you. You're going to spend eternity with me there. It's going to be amazing. And I've got a special spot for you carved out for you with you in mind, designed with you in mind. It's going to be glorious and epic. And you know how to get there. And his disciples are like, I don't understand what you're talking about. How do I know how to get there? He's like, yeah, you do, because it's me. Like, I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. Here's what's important for us to understand is the backdrop of this is Jesus is making the definitive statement. It's not about how moral your life is. It's not about how kind you are. It's not about your generosity. It's about do you know Jesus? Look, it is in vogue right now to open up the gospel and be like, if you're a good person, then you're good. False lie according to Jesus. It doesn't matter if you're a good person. This is what oftentimes blows our minds is we will know people who proclaim Jesus that are mean people. Right? It's getting personal in here. Don't look at your neighbor. If you're one of those people, just look right at me, okay? But like, you know people who proclaim Jesus that don't look like Jesus at all. Then you know people who don't proclaim Jesus, who live lifestyles contrary to the lifestyle that Jesus has called us to live, dabble in things that the Bible has clearly said are not for our good, but they are a kind person. They are a generous person, and that can become confusing if you have bought into a truth that it's about how you live solely that's going to get you into good graces with God. No, Jesus is saying, I am the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life, and the evidence of me ruling and reigning and living in you is that you will forsake the things of the world and begin to pursue the things of God. Look, so I'm not here to say they're right, they're wrong, they're right. But what I am here to say is, as for this house, it's Jesus. And Jesus and the revelation of who he is will change the way we live. He will change the way we think. He will change the way we talk. If you have not experienced transformation in your life, then I would say you need a bigger picture of Jesus because it's impossible to see Jesus and be the same person that you are. 
It's impossible. It's not about us trying to figure out how we can dupe our friends into a conversation about who Jesus is by living a life that's compromised and contrary to the very principles of the kingdom that we say that we serve. That is not going to work. Because people will look at you and say, you're just like me, but you just proclaim this person. So if I don't have to change me, I'll proclaim your person. That's not what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying that I am the way. I'm the life. I'm the truth. And no one comes to the Father except through me. And so his disciples are even more confused. And so Philip pipes up and goes, okay. I don't really know what you're getting at right now, Jesus. I'm a little nervous, quite overwhelmed. So can you please just show us the Father? Okay, like I, I don't fully understand this whole you're the truth, life thing, all that. Cool. I don't know what you mean by we know the way. I, I don't get all that. But like I, I just want to see the Father. Can you show us the Father? And then Jesus goes, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. What? Like, no. Like, <laughs> this is getting more confusing, not less confusing, right? Like, what does this mean? What Jesus is doing is he is beginning to seed what we call the doctrine of the Trinity. That's like the church word for what Jesus is bringing into the earth world right now. He's saying that everything that I do, I reflect the Father. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. The only way to the Father is through me. Jesus is saying, I'm the one who is going to restore what man has destroyed. Jesus is the redeemer. Jesus' blood sacrificed for us on the cross closes the gap between God and man. And the reason why he's going through this interplay is he's getting ready to introduce them to the Holy Spirit. And what Jesus is wanting them to understand is that although the understanding of the Holy Spirit is new, he is not new. He is God. And although you can't see him just like you can't see the Father, Jesus brings revelation to the Father. The Holy Spirit is going to be the communicator to the Son. That this new idea of the Holy Spirit is not new. He is God. It says this in verse 15. Jesus goes, if you love me, you'll obey me. And I'll ask my father to give you an advocate to help you and to be with you forever. Advocate is used solely in the New Testament for the Holy Spirit. This word for advocate is only used to describe the Holy Spirit. And so to understand what Jesus is saying is like, I am going to send an advocate. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. What he's saying is, is that I am going to send you one who's a counselor, an intercessor, a helper, an encourager, a comforter. I'm going to send you one who's going to communicate to you the heart of heaven In your circumstances. So although I am leaving you, I am going to the Father, you will not be alone. 
because you have an advocate. So although you might be in situations that feel like you don't have what you need, you're not powerless because I'm sending you the power. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It doesn't matter what we find ourselves in because we have the advocate, the counselor, the intercessor. It says this in John 14, 26, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things. Some things are all things. I will teach you all things. I will remind you of everything I said to you. My peace I leave you. My peace I give you. So Jesus is like, look, don't fear. I'm leaving you, but I'm not leaving you because the Holy Spirit is going to teach you and remind you and hold you. Jesus is like, look, let me explain it. This is how this is going to work. I know you're confused. And he shifts gears and he goes from this kind of like theological teaching to a word picture story. And he goes in John 15, he says, look, let me just break it down for you. This is how this is going to work. This is how the advocate is going to give you access to power in your life. This is how the Holy Spirit is to live and function and move and breathe in you and through you. He says, I'm the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. You, if, if you do not remain in me, you will be like a branch that's thrown away and withers. And such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. Look, I just want to be honest with you. Like staying connected to where your power comes from will give you what you need. But as soon as you disconnect, we feel powerless lifeless, hopeless. We wither up. We, we, we dry up. When you unplug from the power source, you can't make it. You can't keep life going. You can't make it through the circumstances that you're in. We have to stay connected to the source. It goes on in verse 7. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish. Ask whatever you wish, and it'll be done for you, because this is my Father's glory, that you would bear much fruit, showing yourselves to me, be my disciples. Look, I, I, I want to take a moment here and just say, I think sometimes we rebuke our circumstances because we think that difficulty equates solely with the enemy. Now hear me, the spirit world is real and the devil wants to steal, kill, and destroy and he wants to disrupt and divide and he is the author of lies and he seeds things in us and wants to disrupt us from being able to believe and experience all that's called us to be. But maybe you're going through a tough time, not because the devil's after you, but because God wants to reveal his glory through you. Ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. Stay connected to the vine. Stay connected to the power source. It, it, why would Jesus say after he said, stay connected to the vine, stay connected, remain in me and I'll remain in you and ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you because it doesn't matter if we're plugged in. It doesn't matter that our circumstances are going to change. 
doesn't mean that everything in life is going to be all easy and smooth and you're going to get every promotion you want and all the desires of your heart just happen in front of you. No, it's going to be tough. There's going to be a fight. But if you stay plugged in, then all of it will be used to expand the glory of God in your life and his story through your life. But those same circumstances you unplug from the power source, we experience powerlessness, hopelessness, death. We wither away because what's coming at us is too strong for us to be able to push back on our own strength. That's why Jesus said that I'm going to send you power. I'm going to send you an advocate. I'm going to send you somebody who's going to fight for you to stand in the gap with you. That's going to be a counselor, a communicator, a comforter, a spiritual authority that is going to be everything and all consuming in your world. And all you have to do is just remain in him. All you have to do is just plug into him and you will have what you need. That you might be in a circumstance that needs breakthrough, but your need for breakthrough does not have to mean that you feel powerless. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Just because you need breakthrough doesn't mean that you feel hopeless. Just because you're in a situation where you need a mountain to move doesn't mean that you should feel powerless. It just means that you need a mountain to move because when you're plugged into the power source, everything you ask for, we will see. God is faithful to expand his glory on the earth. And he has given us the Holy Spirit to be our advocate, to be the one who fights for us and stands in the gap for us. So when we're in circumstances, when we're in situations where it's like there's literally nothing I can do, I cannot move this mountain. You don't feel hopeless. You don't feel powerless because you're plugged into the source. You're you're plugged into the power source. You are going to feel the life of God flowing through your veins because you're not alone. You have an advocate with you. You know, to be honest with you, I've never felt the real need for an advocate until I started dealing with the U.S. government. Liz and I, my beautiful wife, we have adopted two kids. We adopted them from a little nation in Africa named Burundi. Burundi is so small that the embassy in Burundi does not do any immigration. So we had to get visas for them to travel from Burundi to Kenya. And then at in Kenya, we would be able to go to that U.S. embassy there. And that's where they'd be able to receive the visas that they need to be able to travel to the U.S., And then once they arrived here, they're like automatically issued their citizenship. But that's kind of like the road you have to walk. Now, mind you, by the time we got to Kenya, our adoption was totally final. Their birth certificates had been changed. They are now Griffins. It was signed, sealed, and delivered. It was not up for scrutiny or observation. The adoption was over and we're supposed to go to one meeting to meet with one person at the U.S. Embassy who's supposed to look at us and slide us a visa and then we're going to get on a plane and come home. They are a formality in the process. They are not an authority in the process. They're a formality in the process, but somebody forgot to tell them. Because we showed up at the U.S. Embassy in 
I'll, I'll be honest with you. I have been to DMVs in California that were run better than that. And if you have ever been to California and been to the DMV, you know how low of a blow that is that I just gave the, the, the Kenya embassy, okay? Like it is absolutely the most disorganized. And if you're watching me in Kenya, I love you, but get your act together, U.S. Embassy in Kenya. And we go and we wait for four hours for a 9.30 meeting. They finally see us at like 12.30. And we go to this little glass window, like I'm about to try to rob the U.S. Embassy. I don't even know. Go to the little glass window, the lady with the microphone. She's like, give me your paperwork. So we have this like massive file that we slide in, you know. We slide into this deal. She starts going through it and she's like, yeah, I don't like the way this looks. I'm not going to issue you your visa. Also, I want this document translated. I want you to do this. And we're thinking, what? Like, what? It's done. It's over. You have no authority. Just give me the visa. And when we leave, I mean, I felt so dejected because it's like she looks at us and goes, I don't even know when we're going to issue this visa. I'm like, am I stuck in Kenya? Is this like the beginning of a movie? Griffin's stuck in Kenya, you know? Although it's a beautiful place, to be honest with you. Kenya's fantastic. And so we start praying. We said, God, give us an advocate. Give us someone who's going to fight for us. And we got this random thought in our brain. Both Liz and I looked at each other. And we're like, we need to call Congressman Flores. Liz and I were a part of starting Unbound, which Unbound is Antioch's anti-sex trafficking education movement that sees people restored and set free from that horrific trafficking world and environment. Liz and I got to be on the ground floor of seeing that thing grow and develop. And because of that, we had lots of meetings with political leaders, one of which was Congressman Flores. And in that, I got a cell phone number of his chief of staff. And I said, I'm calling this dude. So it's middle of the night in Kenya. It's the morning. I call him like, look, this is what's going on, man. Can you help us? And literally within a minute, he goes, this is exactly why the congressman is here. And so he has a special phone. It's like the bat phone. All congressional people have it where they can call any like embassy in the world and get straight through. And so no joke. They start calling middle of the night. All day they called, knowing no one was going to be there. But just so when they got there, the computer would just be like, Congressman Flores, Congressman Flores, Congressman Flores. Needless to say, within an hour of when the sun came up on the next day, I got a phone call. Oh, Mr. Griffin, uh, yes, we had your visas for you yesterday. I'm like, yeah, you did, yeah. Yeah, you did. What's up now? Who's your advocate now? Who's the boss now? And they're like, you can come by at your earliest convenience and you can pick up your visas. Thank you for coming to Kenya. Man, that's exactly what the Holy Spirit does for us. You're back against the wall. There's no way out. There's no hope. And you call upon the name of the Lord. And then all of a sudden, doors begin to open that no man can shut. Things begin to move. Look, if you think Congressman Flores has a direct line to the embassy in Kenya, how much more does the Holy Spirit have access to move on your behalf? 
You are not alone. You are not powerless. You have an advocate. You have a counselor. One who's going to give you wisdom and insight and direction. All we have to do is just stay plugged into the source and say, I'm going to call upon your name. And I'm going to trust that although my circumstances need to shift, it doesn't mean that I'm powerless. It doesn't mean that I'm hopeless. Because the Holy Spirit has been given to us with what? Power. There's more, church. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There's more. I don't know who I'm preaching to, but somebody needs to hear me say this morning, there is more. It's not over. The fight is not over. Plug back into the power. Quit trying to do it on your own strength. Plug into the power. Quit trying to figure it out on your own. Plug into the counselor. Quit trying to make decisions by yourself. Plug plug into the one who knows all, sees all, and shapes all. Quit trying to make yourself feel not alone because you're not. You've got a comforter. Plug into the source. Plug into the power. Plug into the vine.